Jeff's, Jeff's Wonderland. And a hearty welcome to the 57th episode of The Wonderland, everyone. I'm Jeff Healy, musician, singer, songwriter, comedian, critical thinker, involuntary dreamer and amateur barista, and probably a few other things which are slightly less flattering. Now, if this is your first time on The Wonderland... It's great to have you on board, and I do hope you enjoy today's ride of about 15 minutes, during which we're going to take a look at a couple of my thoughts and theories on various uh, familiar themes and subjects, and also hear a bit of new music, which is always good. New things are good, though, aren't they? I mean, good in so much as they're interesting and they're different to the old things, not necessarily better and not necessarily worse. And even though it comes down to a matter of taste, I do find that when a product becomes popular, you know, something like Coke or Pepsi or Fanta or or even a particular brand of soap or shampoo or washing powder, it seems to inspire the marketing departments of these companies to try to take the success of that thing even further by changing the recipe and bringing out something new. I guess the theory behind it is, well, we've done it once, we can do it again. But as I'm sure all of you will agree, it doesn't always work that way. And there is nothing more annoying than a really successful and popular product which you've been using and enjoying for ages suddenly disappearing from the supermarket shelves only to be replaced by a new and improved version. I myself have on several occasions contemplated going up to the checkout with one of these new and improved products to ask the sales clerk point-blank if I can have the old and unimproved one instead, please. Needless to say, this approach would be fruitless in the moment, but I think if enough people did it, coupled with avoiding the new improved product like the plague, word would invariably get back to the manufacturer that we want what we had, which was perfectly good and not this new crap. Now, if you're beginning to get the feeling that I'm in a slightly aggravated state of mind today, Well, folks, you'd be right. Yes, I'm going to be brutally honest with you and tell you that I am feeling a bit generally annoyed about certain things today. And so our program will take on that attitude accordingly. But of course, as always, don't take anything I say too seriously. Unless, of course, you want to. And on that note, we are going to veer directly into the path of the oncoming bus of everyone's favourite part of the show so I can keep on complaining. Yep, here we are. Theory time. Yo, you can't know what you can't know. I'm going to tell you what I think I know. And I know what I know. This is what I know. Theory time. And welcome to Theory Time. Now, in my capacity as a quasi-dedicated amateur barista, I've got something important to say. Now, it's not about coffee. No, not as such. But it's about what many of us are putting into coffee. And no, I'm not talking about artificial sweetener or sugar or honey or even caramel or any type of flavouring. I am, in fact, talking about milk. And when I say milk, I don't actually mean milk. What I mean is, specifically, milk mimics. Now, if you're wondering what a milk mimic is, it's basically anything in a carton or a container labelled as milk, but which comes from somewhere other than a cow, a sheep, a goat, a yak, or any other mammal which you'd care to name and which I can't think of right now. I should preface any further remarks on today's theory time by also saying that if you take dairy milk or cream in your coffee, if you like it black, 
If you're allergic to dairy or if you're lactose intolerant or you just don't like the flavour of milk or if you prefer light milk, which, you know, let's be honest, is just milk with a whole lot of water added, then you're off the hook as far as I'm concerned. But here is my theory and my problem. Milk isn't milk just because someone says it is. And if you're a manufacturer making a white liquid out of processed oats, peas, soybeans, almonds, or anything other than an animal, well, newsflash, what you're selling ain't milk. And yes, I know, you can go into the dictionary and you can look up the word and maybe prove me technically wrong, but you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying, right? Now, I don't care if some people have a taste for the essence of cardboard. And yes, it is absolutely their democratic right to spend large amounts of money on heavily processed dairy substitutes, even if they are made out of peas, almonds, oats, soybeans, or even, I don't know, seaweed. Absolutely. Fine. Go for it. But, you know, let's all please remember that these things have as much in common with milk as does flour and water glue. That is, it's the same colour and maybe a similar consistency under some circumstances. At least if it was flour milk, which would be predominantly made from flour and water, you could take a balloon and some newspaper and a bucket and a paintbrush to the coffee shop. You could make a lovely paper mache mask while you're there. And so in conclusion, folks, to both coffee drinkers and beverage manufacturers, I say let's call things what they are, because calling something milk that isn't milk makes about as much sense as referring to a fish as a taxi cab. Unless you happen to be Aquaman and you need a quick ride. Obviously. This is what I know. Theory time. Yes, and that's it for today's low-fat, lactose-free, high-protein but heavily processed and nutritionally questionable edition of Theory Time. Now, all of that actually raises another question in my mind. When and how did all this start? I'm not talking about the Wonderland, I'm talking about the milk mimics thing. Seriously, I mean, did somebody accidentally put something in a cup of coffee that wasn't milk, but just looked a bit like milk and tasted it and decided it was all right? So here's a little story for you. My sister, who shall remain nameless, recently had a do at her house for, I don't know, something or another, and one of her guests asked for a cup of coffee with sugar. Now, upon discovering that she had no coffee sugar in the house, my sister cleverly decided to delve into the baking supplies drawer for some icing sugar, which is, you know, still sugar, right? It's just very finely processed. And so when the recipient of the coffee was found to have had only a very small amount to drink out of the cup, my sister decided to investigate had a bit of a look at the leftovers, and it turns out that instead of using icing sugar, she'd actually used, that's right, icing mixture, which means that the poor woman not only got a teaspoon of sugar, but a certain amount of corn flour into the bargain, which clearly gave the cup of coffee an additional, somewhat mysterious and unexpected character, not to her particular liking. But what would have happened if the woman had come back to my sister and said, that was the most amazing coffee I've ever had. Can I have another? And don't worry about the milk this time. Might cornflower milk be the next big thing? Or what about corn milk? Look, I don't know, but I certainly would hope not. In any case, on with the show, and it just happens 
it just happens to be time for Song of the Day, which today comes from one of our Wonderland-approved artists, the Pioneer Valley. Now, this was one of the first songs I heard from them a little while back, and I think it's a cracker. Now, there are two versions of this song which you'll find on the streaming services, the acoustic version and the studio version. Now, both are excellent, but right now, I'm going to play a little bit of the latter. And so, this is a song called Sweet Magnolia Tree. Under that sweet magnolia tree is where she first kissed me. Some things don't fade away with a heart that never breaks. Time is free. Time is free. Time is free. It used to be our town. Our spot was just outside. Progress cut it down with loud chainsaws overnight. Strip mall with no soul Selling stuff that we don't need They ripped up that hilltop trail Now grows a different kind of green Under that sweet magnolia tree It's where she first kissed me sneak peek of Sweet Magnolia Tree from the Pioneer Valley. And you can hear the rest of that song and all of their songs by going directly to any one of the streaming services. So, on with the show. And those of you who've been following this podcast for a while will know that every two weeks we feature a very special segment featuring a man who used to be American but apparently had some kind of groundbreaking operation, and now he's Canadian. Who is he, I hear you ask? Well, he's none other than Kevin Owen MacDonald, otherwise known as Little Kev, and he's right here on Good Times with Big Jeff and Little Kev. My question to you today is, what's in a name, Kevin? What is in a name? That which we call a rose by any other word would smell as sweet, Jeff. Mm, That's not quite how it goes, but nonetheless, if you're a woman, I'd think you were a woman. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Or something. Anyway, one of the most amusing things, Kev, I think you'll agree with this, about living in Europe for us is occasionally coming across the name of a town or a village, which in our language 
either makes us laugh or means something else quite entirely and sometimes something quite shocking. Probably one of the best well-known ones in Austria, which you may or may not have heard of, is a village that is now called Fugging, F-U-G-G-I-N-G. Now, this is a true story, okay? I'm not making this up. Fugging. Fugging. Now, so wh- let me just guess. Let me use my imagination, <laughs> Jeff. Wonder what it was called before? Yeah, exactly. Well, folks, it may not take a lot of imagination to know that this town originally, and I can say it because it was the name of the town. I'm not using an obscenity. You're not swearing, are you, Jeff? No, I'm not. It, this was the name of the town. It was. I can't wait for you to swear on the mic. But I'm going to say it as I believe an Austrian person would say it. Okay. They would have called it Fuking. But anyway, folks, it was spelt like that rude English word. Can I say the name of the town? I think it would be fucking. And it was a huge tourist attraction, but it was also a kind of double-edged sword because the residents and the town's mayor, you know, they got a little bit sick of the attention, this sort of attention. I imagine. Yeah, I so imagine. last year, I think, or the year before, they legally changed it to Fugging. That's a terrible name which, as well. again, you yes. know, you win and you lose. Kevin and I have worked a lot in Norway, folks, and there's a place just near Trondheim called, Kevin? Hell! Exactly, hell. So it's hell on earth there. You could easily go to hell and back if you were just at the airport because it's pretty much just across the highway, you know. Indeed. Really. I mean, they've got postcards and everything from, from Postcards from hell. So they've done well in hell. Now, there's a place near here, not too far, called Aha, A-H-A. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah, exactly. See? <laughs> See? Trips off the tongue. Exactly. And there's one very close to you that I noticed the other day called mm. Ow. Ow. Indeed. Yeah, you know, yeah. I never really thought about that. But That's it's so true, stupid. But I mean, I pass by it all the time. Anyway, there's other places in Austria. Austria has some good place names, folks, if you don't know. There's a place called Egg. Right? Yes. Delicious. Egg. Delicious. <laughs> and another Great one. Great place. Is I love it. And this is true. This is all true. And another place called Rotten Egg. Now, I knew about Egg, because Egg is not so far from where I live, to be honest. It's up in the mountains a little bit. But, yeah, uh, but, but there's a place rotten called Rotten Egg. egg. I've never... Rotten Egg, Jesus. all one word, Rotten Egg. Now, rotten in... Egg. Germany, there's a place called, uh, I, I don't know how, well, okay, in, the Germans would pronounce it Wank, but it's spelled W-A-N-K, right? Wank. Thank you, Kevin, thank you. Um, it's a family show, folks, but, you know, as I say, I think we have a license. We have the 009, which is the license to swear without actually swearing. Oh, 009, I didn't know that. It's absolutely true. Is that related to the 007? Yes, it is, and I had to send away for it specially. Sorry, I'm always interrupting. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, shut shut up, Kevin. There's like a geography lesson or something. shut up. Do I have to, like, answer things correctly at the end of the lesson, Jeff? There's another place called Worms. Worms I know of as well. Yes, indeed. You know of Worms? Yes. Do you know where Worms is? And I'm not talking about your pet cat or dog. No, it's near the fish. The worms are always near the fish. The fish jumping at the worms, right? That's not what I meant. Do you know where in Germany it is? Oh, Worms. I think I passed by it a few times. Where is it exactly? I don't know. I don't know. I've just heard of it, and it's true. I think it's on the way to Stuttgart. Okay, there we go, folks. So on on the way to Stuttgart, you need some worms, or you need to go to Worms. You've got Worms. That's your place to go. Now, here's the way I've been thinking, Kev. I reckon that we, as English-speaking types, Canadian, Australian, we should have places in our countries that make the Europeans laugh when they come to visit us over there. So words that make no sense to us, but for a foreigner, they would go, man, I can't believe that's the name of the town. Right. Right. Okay. You got some for us? I've got a couple for you, but I'm going to say them. And if you're French, Italian, or German... We're going to let you figure out what you would think these words are. I'm not going to spell them. I'm just going to say them like an Australian would say them, okay? I've written them down. 
Oh, that's okay, here awful we go. already. That's awful already. No okay, one will understand. Now, this is what we would say. These are just town names, okay? The words, they're not words. Potential, potential town yeah, names, right? But, potential. but my point is they're not actually words, right? So they mean nothing to us right. as words. Okay, shice. Fair enough. Fick, Murdy, Branlier, Cull, Salopi, Cazzo, Mancio, Cavallo. Now, you might think that you can't have a place with an O ending. It sounds too Italian. Well, I'm sorry, but we've already got a place called Dapto, so it absolutely would work. What is your point, Jeff? Could you get to the point? Well, Kev, my point is simply this. If you spell those words out and you look them up, you'll be surprised to find out what they actually mean in French, Italian or German. And what better way to entertain our foreign guests by renaming towns using carefully selected Italian, German and French insults and obscenities. Oh, I see. Good one, Jeff. Yeah, so you see, it's my opinion that we should give back because the Europeans have given us so much in the way of comedy. Wouldn't you agree? Public service, Jeff Healy. Well, Kev, I like to do what I can. Good times with Big Jeff and Little Kev. And don't miss the next exciting episode of Good Times with Little Kev and myself in just two weeks as we once again ponder the mysteries of the modern world right here on The Wonderland. Now, I'm guessing there are a fair few married people listening to the show right now. Either that or people who have been married and aren't anymore, or people who are thinking of getting married, or people who swear blind that they will never get married as long as they live, or even people with no opinion on the subject whatsoever. But regardless of whatever category you fall into, I think all of you will find this next segment enlightening, interesting, or at least food for thought. Or, you know, something to nibble on sometime down the line when you're bored out of your mind and have nothing else to think about. So anyway, look, let's get straight into it. Courtesy of... Jeff's Thought of the Day. I was thinking about something, I think it was the thought of the day. I think, I think it was the thought of the day. And welcome to Thought of the Day. Now, as we all know, it's fairly customary in the Western world and in this day and age for a woman to take the surname of a man when getting married. It's not an absolute rule, of course, and there are increasingly people who choose not to do that and who either keep their original surname or adopt a hyphenated version of both. I guess taking somebody's surname might signal that you are now legally and morally bound to that other person, which to a certain extent you are, but there's also the idea that it announces that you have made something of a fresh start A new beginning, if you will. But I wonder if there might be a few other practical reasons for adopting a new surname that many of us are not consciously aware of. There's actually a song out there somewhere with a line something like, you can't change your life just by changing your name. And whilst I think it's a great line, I don't entirely agree with it. That is, I don't agree with the notion that changing your name is a bad idea. Now that we're living in the age of social media, changing one's surname seems to me like an excellent way to hide from people in your past, even if it does mean being known henceforth as Mrs. Schinkelgruber. We are, after all, living in a society in which privacy is an increasingly rare commodity. So being as anonymous as possible would seem to me to be a definite plus, 
in a lot of cases. Because otherwise, you know, your past and certain people in it, who you'd really rather leave behind, are more likely, at least on Facebook, to keep following you like a bad smell. And that leads me to this thought. I mean, given that it's legal, at least in most places, why don't more men change their names? I would have thought far more men have things in their past that they'd like to get away from than the average woman. Or do they? Hmm. Anyway, look, here's what I reckon. Even if they do, I don't think men care as much if people follow them, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. But I believe it's probably partly because men are lazier than women, partly because they're a bit less worried about a bad reputation, but mostly because they just can't be asked with all the paperwork involved with a name change. Unless, of course, they're an up-and-coming rock star with a given name like a librarian or on a witness protection program. I'm sure it's been done, though, in all seriousness. And we here at The Wonderland are constantly on the lookout for ways in which we can improve the lives of our listeners. And so I'd like to suggest to all of you that if you ever find yourself in a difficult situation and wishing you were someone else, why not just go out and change your name to, I don't know, Shinklegruber? It'll give you something to do. It'll give everyone else in your life something to think about. And it'll confuse the hell out of those Facebook stalkers. And I'd call that another Wonderland win. I think, I think it was the thought of the yes, day. Yes, indeed, it was thought of the day. And that's it for another very useful and practical edition. And it looks like we've come to the end of another episode. Thanks for joining me, everyone. I hope you've had as much fun as I have today. And if you did enjoy the show, please subscribe or follow or hit any positive-looking button you can find or leave me a glowing review wherever you can leave one. And if you'd like to get in touch with me, drop me a line via my little message thingy on my website, which is www.jeffhealy.com. So now it's time for us all to return to the drudgery of normal life. But I do hope that you'll be joining me for more fun, facts and fantasy next Friday, right here on The Wonderland. Gotta get back to just Wonderland. Gotta come back to The Wonderland. Jeff's Wonderland.